Hello, Alaska. This is Pat Rays reporting from the Sports Desk along with Matt Buxton. The Alaska Legislature Fantasy Sports League is off the ground. Very exciting stuff. We'll be talking about that today and more on the Hello, Alaska podcast. Matt, I'm hearing rumors that Bryce Edgman had an elbow injury in the offseason, and that might affect how he handles the gavel as Speaker of the House. Oh, he's no Mike Chenault, that's for sure. A lot of people say Chenault was juicy. That gavel, that swing, I think it was natural strength. It's debatable. Well, what we do know is that Iron Mike certainly left some dents in the dais. Jumping over to the Senate, we've got Pete Kelly coming out from the gates, spitting fire and brimstone. He's spoiling for a fight, and I think he's going to get it. As Senate president, we'll see if the party reigns him in or if he's reigning over the party. Either way, we're predicting a lot of rain in Juno. Several rookies in the game this season. We'll see how that affects things. We've got Justin Parrish here in Juno. That kid came out of left field, and he's got a lot to prove. Out in the valley, there's David Eastman. I've heard him described as a savvier version of Laura Reinbold, which frankly sounds terrifying. And up north, we've got Dean Westlake coming in off a real squeaker. We'll see how he does with his shot at the bigs. But let's talk about the real wildcard, Governor Bill Walker. Fumbling and mumbling. We've got a real maverick on our hands with this guy. He makes Sarah Barracuda look like a minnow. Yeah, he came in, slashed dividend checks, withheld payments to oil companies, and proposed the unthinkable in Alaska, a sustainable budget. A sustainable balanced budget. What a crazy concept, Matt. He has truly earned the name of Wild Bill. And Alaskans love a wild man. The Rumble in the Rainforest begins January 17th with the kickoff of the 30th Alaska Legislative Session. If you are not paying attention, you're probably going to lose your house and have to move to Detroit City. This is Pat Race from the Sports Desk with Matt Buxton, and you are listening to Hello, Alaska, a podcast about Alaska. Okay, that was fun. I gotta put this back up so I'm not in hunching mode. Yeah, yeah. All right. Get into talking mode. All right. (laughs) All right. Hey, Matt. How's it going? I feel. How's it going? It's going well. I feel like we could have rehearsed that introduction a little more, but it was pretty fun. It was fun. Um, I think that's a good idea, though. We can continue that. Yeah, do the sportscaster thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I want to talk about this. uh, I, I started a Alaska legislature fantasy sports league uh kind of on a lark i had a couple people suggest it as a thing that i might do and i was like i guess that's a thing i could do and um i it's been kind of fun to put together and i'm i'm a little bit excited about it and um a little bit overwhelmed by it and i'm excited too you know this is interesting i this is the first year uh where i played fantasy football which i felt like made everybody that i was around roll their eyes so this should be a good experience. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Well, I'm, I have I, really high expectations, and if you don't come close <laughs> to meeting them, you can, no. you can expect some angry guests. It's all for entertainment purposes, but um, my 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 hope was that it would draw people into this discussion about um, who our policymakers are, the kind of decisions they're making, and maybe even take a little bit more notice of like what's going on in government. And and I think that there's this. Um, it's just so easy to not know who your government is. Like, who are these people making the decisions for you? And so I thought that giving people a chance to make their own little fake sports teams and pick players might be kind of fun. I mean, you know, I didn't care about football until fantasy football. So when I was sitting down on those lists, I was like, oh, what is a wide receiver? What is a running back? And now... Now, hopefully, people are sitting down. And, what is a senator? What is a, what is a representative? What does a co-chair of finance do? So the the whole process has been pretty fun. Um, the the interesting thing, the, all we've done so far, we haven't had any matches. We've just had uh, the draft, and the draft was uh, 
was kind of a wild process. Everyone got a list of, I gave a sample list of, of political players is what I'm calling them. And, and that's kind of people who are engaged in policymaking in Alaska. And uh, each person... Uh, so representative, senators, governor. Yeah, they were all on the list. And you saw this list. And so, um, and even a couple lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And, and then what people did is that the managers, team managers, uh, reordered and ranked their list so that they have their top 80 in, in order of preference. And so that data in and of itself was really interesting to see. Uh, and now we have this like ranked draft pick list of who, yeah. <laughs> who the political players are in the state. Should we count it down? Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Um, let me. Yeah, do you have it? You I think I, have, I think you tweeted okay. it out earlier today. Let me go. Oh yeah, you can right do here. the top yeah. ten. Yeah, we should count down from ten, right? Yeah, we can. That's how make make it really good listening. Oh, instead yeah. of just going one, two, three. Yeah. Oh, you are a master of suspense. Oh yeah. Let's see. Okay, I'm fine. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Would it be more suspenseful if we started at number one hundred and twenty? Oh yeah, that would be great <laughs> audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was the last? I wonder who was the least popular well, one. No, there were a ton of people at the bottom of the list that just got a one like, pick. One yeah. pick, and okay. like there were the whale sculpture got a pick, and oh. you know that was is great. It, is that on someone's team? There's like a guy that runs trivia at night that got a pick. What's that? Oh yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> was that on? No, the whale sculpture did not end up on a team. So our number ten in the Alaska Legislative Fantasy League is one Senator Lisa Murkowski. Interesting pick. Yeah. Um, well, and and I should note that the. Um, like state senators, uh, state representatives, uh, the president, people like that are, are not likely to do as well as state government, um, like like state house and state senate um, members, because they don't have, um, while they have a lot of influence and pull, um, they don't necessarily uh, leverage that on state politics. Mm-hmm. So this is this is like influence on Alaska policymaking. Yeah. Um, and if they're not actively using their influence, it doesn't really exhibit that yeah. they that, are involved you know, number yeah. 10 pick overall yeah uh after that uh the one one uh senator kathy geisel from anchorage she is the co or sorry no she's just the straight up chair of the senate resources committee a ardent defender of uh the oil tax policy that and she has about, my so. favorite alaskan political commercial of all time yeah kathy geisel bump Mm, Senate Kathy District Geisel. P, Kathy Geisel. She's in a different district yeah. now, so the song's irrelevant. Oh, dang. But that's All right. Yeah. Uh, number eight is uh, from Homer is Representative Paul Seaton. He is the Dem- or, sorry, excuse me, Republican co-chair uh-huh. of the House Finance Committee. One of the key guys. <laughs> interesting slip of the tongue. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> he is one of the key guys um, who helped put together this new bipartisan coalition. Uh, he is really well known for his little sailor hat. And also his really well, his really deep knowledge of uh, tax policy. Yeah, <laughs> so. and, and for interesting policy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and his sailor hat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, uh. Another after that, another co-chair of finance. Uh, this time in the Senate, it's uh, one Senator Lyman Hoffman. Yeah, Democrat from Bethel. He's actually a surprise. In well, not a surprise on this list, but uh, I think a surprise this session. He's in the Republican majority with probably the number two or number three power position in the Senate. Um, as a co-chair of finance, co-chair right? of finance, yeah, he's he's going to be a powerful guy, and yeah. he uh, is probably one of the best um, details people in the entire building, I think. So uh, after that, we have number six, Re- Representative Gabrielle Ledoux. She is the rules chair for the new House majority. She's also one of these um, Republicans. I almost said Democrat again, who joined with all the other Democrats and took over the the took over the House. Um, she's probably one of the key people that co- this whole thing coalesced around. She's got her own uh, 
pack yeah there's which a little is a drama really interesting, about yeah. the pack yeah so which other legislators <laughs> have filed legislation to bar you know, she has this pack where it takes money from legis- or from lobbyists and gives it to uh gives campaigns. it to, to campaigns which is a you know is a way of kind of washing the money because lobbyists can't give directly to it that's like in state law so it's real kind of i don't even know if it's clever it's just a it's just a it's a proper reading of the law i guess is that tied into like citizens united is that part of what allowed it yeah okay Uh, number five is senator john coghill um guy up from fairbank actually from north pole i was actually Uh, surprised he came in so high on the list yeah so actually i mean he's got a bit of a downgrade this year he was senate majority leader last year carried a huge criminal criminal justice reform bill but this year he's just going to be the um chair of the judiciary committee so Mm -hmm. he'll be the guy who is probably taking the edits on his own bill but that's about it i don't it'll be interesting to see where he lands the session he he's always influence yeah he's yeah. always been a pretty um even killed guy right and he's well respected yeah exactly that's, that's what i was gonna say kind of thing, well respected yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh number four is kevin meyer former senate president republican from anchorage uh he's gonna be the rules chair this year that's all i have to say about that guy <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a nice for guy for legal reasons yeah, <laughs> no, he's just, yeah I, you know he he's sort of you know as a, as a restraining order don't uh, allow yeah. me to say more <laughs> as senate speaker last year he kind of was a non-factor a little bit um stronger personalities in the senate kind of overrode him a little bit i kind of see him as a guy who wants everyone to get along yeah he's a moderate and he was was he not part of the bipartisan coalition he was yeah that's what but I kind of a backbencher there yeah and so we could see you know if if things get really weird in the senate as some people are watching he might be a person to watch there but uh we'll see uh number three is one anna mckinnon uh co-chair of finance for the last oh last four years last two years and we'll be continuing it into the next one um she is also one of those very intelligent people in the legislature she's uh, very good at running the budget. Um, we'll see what she does. She's been pretty creative in the years past in getting some uh, creative and maybe sometimes questionable legislation done, but we'll see. She's a really hard worker. I've I actually, uh, my family has a cabin where, uh, where her husband uh, uh, has a cabin also, mm-hmm. and uh, I, she just clears brush like no one else's business. She works her <laughs> ass off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, number two is our uh, the beloved... By some, uh, hated by others, firebrand, uh, one Governor Bill Walker. He's he's the governor. He's the governor. I'm actually, uh, I'm surprised he, he came in at number two. I thought that he would maybe come in at number one, but uh, it kind of makes sense that he's uh, he's jockeying for position with... Uh, with the number with one the, pick. <laughs> with yeah. the number one pick. Who, who is? Uh, Senator Pete Kelly. He is uh, from Fairbanks. Um, he's coming in hot this session. Senate right? president... Uh, he's, he's actually a really interesting person, um, in the sense that, you know, he's been the Senate, um, finance co-chair for the last two years, for the last four years. I had a conversation with him yesterday, uh, where he described himself as a 30,000 foot kind of guy, which I think is really accurate he's considering. So tall. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's really taken an, uh, I think he's approaching the session in kind of a different way, which is he's extraordinarily ideological, uh, focus, which is, um, it is capitalism versus socialism. You can guess what side he might be on. Well, yeah, he gave a speech to the Resource Development Council, and it was like it was a barn burner. And so Chris Tuck came in, and he gave this little speech about like how we're all going to get along. And it was kind of like a throwaway speech. And then 
Kelly gets up and gives just kind of this barn burner speech about how we're going to go down there, we're going to fight, and this is about ideology, and this is about socialism versus capitalism, and and good versus evil, essentially. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was pretty wild to to hear the stuff from Kelly. And earlier in the year, he put out his list of like five guiding principles, which were kind of this. Uh, um, what, would, what would you call it? like a platform almost mm-hmm. like a, like a policy platform, but they're really uh, kind of big, broad um, ideas. Well, and, I, I mean, I think it's really all pretty well encapsulated by a comment he made at one of the opening press conferences this session, which is, you know, we're not here to wreck government, but neither are we here to save government. Yeah. He has a very conflicted relationship with the business he's in. To a degree. Yeah. I mean, I think, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays in practice. But that's my that's my thought. Is like, how do you translate these really high level um, ideological like guidelines into policy? You know, how do you translate? We're not here to wreck government. We're, we're not here to save it either. Into well, what what actual cuts are you gonna want? What do you want to cut? What do you want to save? What do you want to like ask Alaskans to help pay for? And so that. I don't. I honestly am having a hard time seeing how that's going to play out, but we'll we'll see. I guess we have ninety yeah. days. The thing I like about that is that he does have some like core tenants. There's mm-hmm. a, a my biggest complaint about Republicans today is that like looking at the national level is a great example is that a lot of people don't really have any principles that they stand on. Yeah. And there's not like like you, you talk about the values of of the party and they're there's a ton of conflict between actions and values. Well, I mean, you look at you look at something like the Affordable Care Act uh, and the effort to repeal it, and people are saying like, "Oh my God, if you repeal it, it's going to cost more money." And you look at the the wall that Donald Trump wants to build, and that's going to cost money. And all these sort of things are yeah, are really kind of conflicting uh, between these sort of political points and ideological points. And I feel like the thing that I think people can appreciate at the very least is even if you don't like. Kelly's, you know, politics is that I think his politics and his ideologies do match up, I think, to a degree. I think, you know, you look at how he worked last year, he he did pass a pretty well-respected reform of the Medicaid, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't the sort of thing that, like, walked away and, you know, 18 million people were going to go without insurance because of it. It was something that actually could make good and, and save the state at the same time. And I think that's, you know, if you put the applic- if you if you kind of are sincere and honest and willing to work across the aisle with people that might not agree with you and actually listen to them, you know, kind of how government was originally envisioned, you can actually get some good done. So, I appreciate that he's shoring up the foundation of uh, of his actions. Like he's he's going to take action that, from this foundation of of ideas, and he's saying these are the ideas that I'm operating on. And so the nice thing about that is you can go to him and you can say this conflicts with your fundamental principles. Um, you know, does he listen to that? I don't know. We'll see. We'll but, see. Yeah, I, mean, I think he'll at least he'll 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 give give it an explanation. He won't necessarily shy away from it. I think that's been yeah. something that I think you know is. Is, is respectable on some level. Yeah. yeah. So the fantasy league that I designed is, is um, I kind of intentionally designed it to not just reward raw power. Um, I, 
there are, I've seen systems that are kind of like this, uh, where people are, are awarded points based on like how many votes they've cast or whose names on the mm-hmm. legislation or, um, you Boring. know, whatever statistical yeah. thing. So a, I didn't want to have to root around and do all that. Root- <laughs> like, I mean, it's oh like a lot of hard work. It's yeah. mind numbing. Yeah. Um, but, but also I wanted to, I wanted to reward the kind of statesmanship and cooperation and, and discussion that I think leads to productive government and policymaking. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, instead of just rewarding raw power, we have the kind of these three elements that we're that we're judging people on. Yeah, I think this is actually really we, interesting. Got, idea, yeah. yeah, so the, the first one is raw power. Then the second one is political capital, which is like the idea of, um, you know, how, how much goodwill have you built up or, mm-hmm. or how many people owe you favors? Like how much can you cash in? Um, so it's kind of your political savings. And then uh, skill is the third category. So we've got uh, power, capital, and skill. And skill is just kind of like how well you play the game. And mm-hmm. so um, our you know the score for each individual player uh their their ability is being graded by the managerial pool and uh each month there's going to be a poll and people will grade the people in the league on these different categories mm-hmm. and i think we'll see a little bit well i think i think we'll see it evolve a little bit away from this original draft list yeah because the draft list is kind of this ranking of like people's perception of who is uh kind of running the show but i think that as we start uh, getting a little more granular with like our, who is skillful at it and who and who is who is working well with each other and who is really like making things happen. Um, I think you'll you'll see different people emerge. Like someone like Governor Walker might actually not fare very well under the system because while he has a lot of political power, he can kind of do a lot of things with his office. He he may not have a lot of capital after having yeah. Um, you know, cut the permanent fund, or he might not have a lot of skill after kind of like mumbling through a state of the state address. And so it's, so that perception, I think it'll be interesting to watch how it changes like from month to month, see if it, I I don't know if it'll change drastically or, or if it'll change uh, subtly. Yeah. I mean, that was actually a really interesting thing when I was going through doing my picks, I was trying Mm -hmm. to like kind of guess a little bit at what other people would be thinking. And kind of when I came to it, I was like, oh, well, is it going to be mostly people that are playing from inside the building or people on the outside that are reading the news? Because I think that those two are going to be different, inherently different in some major ways. I think, you know, a guy like Pete Kelly is going to probably be highly ranked by both because he's going to be, you know, kind of guiding a lot of stuff in the building, but also, um, in a lot of sort, a lot of news stories, but you know somebody like Gabrielle Ledoux, you know, by example, you know, as a rules chair, is going to have a lot more kind of invisible power a little bit to the outside of the building. So it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, who's who's grading it to, and so yeah, um, and I think that all kind of factors into the perception, and it's all kind of these, you know, you form a narrative around it in some way. You know, there's the narrative that the media is telling you, and then there's the narrative you see in your own eyes within your own kind of pool of people in the building. So, I'm trying to be really protective of people's uh, individual identities who are mm-hmm. playing because some of them, you know, like I don't want anyone to lose their job or a dumb yeah. game. But, but the, uh, um, but there are. I mean, I can tell you that there are people from pretty much all walks of political life in Alaska. Everyone yeah. from the individual citizen to the state worker to the um, staffer to the to the active legislators mm-hmm. and lobbyists. And and it's it's going to be interesting to have all those perspectives kind of rolled into one polling mechanism. Yeah, you know that's been really interesting in the last few years to see and kind of meet people that 
um, are outside of my kind of circle that are really well versed in, in the legislature. You know, people, uh, there's a few people out there and into back in Fairbanks who are just, you know, either they work at the university or they're just kind of someone who reads the news a lot and they like know who all these people are and they know kind of their character. And it's kind of cool to see that and sort of, but it's also cool to see how they see it differently than I might. Yeah. Well, that's something I love about Alaska is you can, you can kind of run into anyone and they've got some connection. I remember uh, years ago I was passing through the Anchorage airport and um, going to some meeting that I felt pretty good about, like, oh, I got invited to a, a special meeting and I'm an up and coming person. And I stopped to get my haircut in the airport and I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to this thing and there's going to be all these legislators and stuff. And he was a, um, he was a member of the House of Representatives yeah. who just got like his little sweetheart haircut salon in the airport. <laughs> and you know, that's what he was doing in retirement. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so you're, you've been a representative and you know a thousand times more about any of this than I do. That's mm. humbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's just such a small state that everyone knows someone who's like served yeah. in legislature or someone who's a family member or someone yeah. that's like, that's connected to that world. Yeah. And I think we all know a little slice of the, of the political picture. Yeah. And, and, and kind of know, us, uh, everyone sort of has their own little piece of this big story too yeah. which i feel like is really interesting so i it's interesting how people get their news like so, so some people like you were saying do read the news and some mm -hmm. people are just getting it through like water cooler gossip or mm -hmm. like oh my, oh my job's in trouble or some people are all on twitter yeah or you know. yeah or or they're getting it all from facebook i mean yeah. that's a that's a whole ecosystem that i'm not really it's a completely part of. different yeah. yeah yeah so one of the things i'm kind of interested in is you know from fantasy football is that like there are things that kind of monumentally change our injuries there are uh you know coaches that are fired all these sort of things what kind of things are you kind of do you think might really shake these things up that might you know drop pete kelly from number one to number 25 or something like that well you could always have like a vico scandal type event yeah. you know like that's sort of like an extinction level event yeah where the fbi comes in and raids a bunch of our offices that would obviously change things yeah i mean i would say that's um, unrealistic but it you know just happened yeah. less than what or just ten, 10, years, 10 years ago, 10 years ago yeah. that i mean side note that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves right now is that this is the 10th anniversary of vico and there's been nary a peep from from uh yeah. journalists in the state i mean like i feel like there needs to be um, like well, if, if, there were been, if there were a journalist sitting here less. in front of me, I would be so frustrated with that individual journalist. <laughs> but, but the, Ooh. but no, but I feel like, like ADN should have rolled out some giant, like this is the 10th anniversary and here's what we all yeah. need to remember and have learned from it. And here's some interviews with people who are part of it and, or, or, or the news miner or the empire, or, yeah. you know, it feels like that's some organization's responsibility to like look back on that event as an event and to kind of unpack it because mm -hmm. it's not something you can do in the time and in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe, maybe if more people subscribe to our paywalls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you, you guys are putting up a paywall. We've already had one. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, the ADN's putting up a paywall and yep. empires had a paywall. Yeah. Yeah. Pay for it for paradise. It'll be, it'll be, uh, we'll see how that all unfolds. I don't know. So do you think people will, gravitate towards uh public radio as a news source or do you think that they'll punch through the paywall and, and... i mean you know pub public radio has kind of been you know looking for direct support for a long time i think actually uh, a lot of the newspapers would be really smart to look at what public media has done as far as like pledge drives and that kind of that sort of model where it's um you're still you're really focusing on the public good of what you're doing and maybe giving away a tote bag or t-shirt or a mug every once in a while. I think yeah. that kind of stuff, I think, uh, it, you explaining the, the value of it. I mean, public media is free to everyone because it's over the air. But I think that, you know, 
treating it like a public good is, is one way of going about it. And I think trying to explain that we have to pay these people is an important thing. I mean, I th and, and, you know, for a very long time of newspapers, it was a paywall in a sense where you had to physically get a copy of the newspaper for a long time. So, you know, this is a very personal thing because, you know, I look at my own pay and I look at my own sort of compensation for the amount of work that I'm doing. And I think, yeah, it'd be really nice if more people paid for it. But I do, I do see the kind of but you guys are, you're a nonprofit now. Like I would be far more inclined to, pay, to, uh, contribute to a paywall at the Fairbanks news miner or the ADN than I would to the Juno empire, because that money for the Juno empire, any money they make is just going out of state yeah. and like, and you know, shipping off to Atlanta. I'm not a huge fan of, of that, like, uh, that thing, but you guys are, a, you guys are a, a you know, relatively small mm -hmm. nonprofit yeah. operating out of Fairbanks. If that was the model here, I'd, I would be all about supporting that. Yeah. I think, I think there's something, there's, uh, a level of, community ownership that I think needs to be kind of reinforced with these publications, I think. And reintroduced. I yeah. feel like we've kind of lost touch with yeah. that. Yeah, and that's actually a really big, strong focus of that we've taken since going into it. You know, we are trying to do more for the community. Our journalism is shifting a little bit toward more kind of community-focused stuff. And it's always been a strong focus of the news miner, but I think, um, yeah, I, th I, I think it's going to be interesting to play out. I think that there are still a lot of tweaking and a lot of learning that's going to be going along the way to make it work properly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a big transition for you guys to go from a for-profit paper to a non-profit. Uh, not, not super huge. I mean, we're, we're, there are some tax things that like actually affect it. Um, like we can't endorse candidates anymore, but that didn't really help Mark Begich. So we'll, you know, <laughs> it's not a big loss, I guess. So. <laughs> your, your counter endorsements will yeah. no longer <laughs> hinder an opponent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, yeah. So, so anyways, back to the, the fantasy draft, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, so I want to know, when you went through and picked your team, uh, what were the things you were looking for in, in individual p political players? Were you trying to get, like, a variety of, of people, or were you looking for, like, a particular quality? How did you rank people? I mean, I think I, I was looking at people based on my own sort of experience for them as an individual to influence things and to rally influence. So, you know, Pete Kelly's a pretty strong person. You know, I've seen him decide kind of unilaterally that he wanted to fund uh, a new power plant for the university and basically made it happen in like two weeks mm -hmm. from like inception to passage. Um, and that was, you know, a $50 million project, I think. Um, so he's he's really up there. You know, Gabrielle Ledoux, I think, is really f high up there. She has been a very strong voice on, you know, a very pro-marijuana voice, actually. Um, a strong proponent of the... Um, the, the the crime bill she's been a, and you know really the person I think where kind of who, who's coalesced a lot of this um, this agreement in the bipartisan coalition I think she's really the person who I think has organized that and she's kind of just an interesting person she's unassuming she kind of looks like your grandma but she's very savvy she's very smart I do think she gets underestimated yeah, a lot yeah I think McKinnon's really high up there too I think as far as just raw kind of ability to get things done she's up there too um you know, same with Bill Walker. I, I'm looking. For, yeah, I was looking for people who have kind of been successful in sort of wielding power in the past, do you getting think, things done. Do you think you're going to drop anyone from your team? Do you know about this? You're allowed to drop people yeah. from your team. I mean, it depends and you on can, who's, depends on who's free to pick up. Yeah, 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 exactly. See who the free agents are. Yeah, I'm pretty happy yeah. with my list. I mean, I didn't get Pete Kelly, sadly. So yeah, but we'll see. You know, it's all right. <laughs> you you did get a Pete though, right? I did get another. You got Pete Peter yeah. Machicki. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So. Uh, 
He's a, another person who's yeah able to get stuff done. What what other you you asked me about what kind of like big events might change things up? I, I think there are a lot of little events that could definitely change things. Um, I think that uh, you know if someone takes on an issue, uh, the the one that comes to mind is Jonathan Christ Tompkins did a, uh, a language bill yeah. a couple years ago. Oh yeah, and that wasn't a big issue, but the fact that he was able to rally support for it and get it through mm-hmm. against the wishes of the majority at the time, I think really kind of spoke volumes to yeah to his uh, you know quality as a as an as an organizer. Mm-hmm. And so so I think that there are little things like that where some little side issue might come from the minority whether it's the Republican minority in the house or the mm-hmm. or the Democrats in the Senate that that actually does kind of make it through somehow um, on a hope and a prayer and I think that that would really would really boost someone's uh, profile. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of the big things I think a lot of people are watching right now is going to be the the strength and stability of this new house majority. You know, I think a lot of people assume that at 22, there might be some cracks in the armor. But honestly, I think there are more cracks in the House minority. Um, you look there, you see kind of three, four people, you know, three, four kind of factions within the, the Republican House. You have extremely conservative people, pretty conservative people. Um, and then you have people who are probably watching and getting ready to jump. and Take advantage of yeah. their p- position. And basically, yeah. they could trade themselves basically from like, the Browns to like you know, you know to, I don't know what a, what a to better, another sports to team. another sports team yeah the sports players <laughs> to the yeah. Bulls yeah <laughs> so anyways yeah we I don't know anything about yeah. sports let's yeah. let's not pretend yeah. <laughs> yeah we've already used up all of our yeah metaphors, all of yeah. our sports metaphors yeah. are out of our system yeah. well so let me ask you this do you okay. think Pete Kelly will be number one at the end of the season oh no no I think he's gonna I think it's it will be a precipitous fall for Pete Kelly I think it's actually I think it's great that he started out as number one because. I think that that's kind of how he is in his mind, and I think that as we see the session evolve and we see things change, uh, that I think will, will bring some gravity to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he, he does, like he, you know, he has some great big ideas about where the state should go, and I don't think that everyone's on board with him. I think that he starts out a session. Um, really kind of like boisterous and then he kind of quiets down and that's what we saw last year that's what we saw the year before um and i think a lot of that isn't necessarily him i think it's his party kind of getting him under control yeah and i think i mean honestly too though in the last session he sort of got finally got his head down and was like focusing on policy and you know i think there's sort of a swap there Uh, but i think you know yeah he's not as exciting to people when he's doing that because you know he he kind of complains about it much to like the the frustration of reporters but you know, he talks about how like his Medicaid bill didn't get a whole lot of coverage, and that's like kind of true. I don't know. I mean, but, okay. So for me personally, with with Kelly, yeah. like I think I think he's a huge hypocrite. Like he he had this uh, bill a couple years ago that he put four hundred thousand yeah. dollars into studying p tests in bars, oh, yeah. and like you can't do that and say you're a fiscal conservative right. and you want to cut the budget. I mean, that's not. That just doesn't click. And uh-huh. so, like, whatever kind of idealistic goals that he wants to roll out that kind of are mumbo-jumbo, I, I don't really feel like he has a firm footing. I think he, he feels like he has a firm footing, and he feels like he's, like, idealistic and and really kind of, like, above board and sort of more ethically pure than everyone else. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm on board with All it. Right. So the thing that I'm really interested in, in um, and was actually a little di- disappointed by in the draft process is that I was hoping that this would reveal... Um, political players who I'm just completely unaware of. Like, here's some names that everyone puts down as being the most influential person in Alaskan politics that I've never heard of. That's kind of what I was hoping mm. would come out of the draft process. I was hoping that it was like, you know, like, you know, some 
power player that's like up in the shadows and pulling the strings you know like the bill allen kind of guy yeah. like if if someone had said bill allen bill allen bill allen on had been number one draft pick on a whole bunch of people's list that would be really interesting to yeah. me uh to see uh that come through or the person who's encouraging bill allen to do whatever the bill allen things are and right. i feel like there's this like Christmas tree of power structure and there's some big angel at the top. I mean, really, I mean, if number one is it, it might be money, I guess. It might be the big thing. And then, like, maybe, like, you know, uh, constituents. Fear of being reelected, you know, or not reelected. Primary challenge. The threat of a primary challenge. I think there's, like, a lot of... I don't know how... Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I guess that's the question. So is, is is the individual politician the political player or are they just sort of a... um? Uh, in the game. Yeah, are they a are they at the whim of a their constituents and b some larger force that's either money or or uh, I mean you know I think something? it's going to be really interesting to see how the house new house majority plays out. I mean that one was you know something that was really coalesced around one person or one a group of very group, small group of people who had strong ties to lobbyists. You know one of them was funneling money for lobbyists. You know and and so seeing how that plays you know that that might be a good window into it because you know you know that's the whole thing right now is we have this very big shakeup in the in the legislature mm-hmm. and so maybe you know if we're looking closely you know as everything's shaking up and as these things are sort of settling you might get a good sort of peek behind um, you might see how much yeah. power the lobbyists have yeah so, okay yeah see and that's interesting because there were a lot of people who did pick lobbyists and that makes sense to me but those lobbyists work for someone they're an employee of a person and they're just carrying through on someone else's like it makes more sense to me that someone would say ron duncan is influential uh the president of gci then it makes sense to me that they would say the lobbyist for gci is influential Mm -hmm. because i feel like it's more about what the company there's some bad lobbyists that you can hire out there man well i'm sure yeah i'm I'm not saying that and there's i'm sure there's good lobbyists but i think that there's but I think that it has more to do with their employer because yeah. the lobbyists ultimately answer to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I guess the same thing with politicians. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's, yeah. Well, we'll know. find out. Man. This is a whole, whole great experiment. <laughs> See what we unpack. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you, so if you want to sign up to uh, play in the Alaska legislature fantasy league, it's too late. And I'm sorry <laughs> about that. I feel bad. Um, you can watch. You can be but, a spectator. Yeah, you can be a spectator. You can root for your favorite team, which is probably the Marmot Squad. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I heard they're really awesome and they have a good manager. <laughs> um, Fight Kelly Fight is also a good team. Yeah, we're, although we're big fans you know, of. that one didn't get Kelly, so it's sort maybe, of a... Maybe you can arrange a mid-season yeah, trade. Yeah. You have to figure yeah. out who else is in your league. Yeah. Maybe yeah, once his value dips, I yeah. can pick him up cheap. Well, this has, been a, uh, this has been Hello Alaska with Pat Race and Matt Buxton. And uh, you can find us at Hello Alaska dot pizza and uh or listen to us on you know things and devices and stuff yeah, wherever fine cat <laughs> fine podcasts are sold well, well, not really sold i guess given away prevails of fine podcasts and podcasting <laughs> schmerg well you can find me on twitter i'll be a lot more active now that session is in order uh you can find me at at fdnm politics and you can find me on twitter arguing with eggs about yes. Alaskan politics at <laughs> Alaska Robotics. And uh, yeah, stay classy, Alaska. See you later, guys. <laughs> Bye. That was good. <laughs> <laughs>